Today's readings are taken from Acts chapter 1, verses 4 to 8, and Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 14. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Then he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one had heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene and visitors from Rome, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. This is the word of the Lord. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Shauna. Good afternoon, everyone. It is great to be with you. And again, warm, really warm welcome if this is your first time at St. All Dates or the four o'clock service. Um, we're very excited that we can be together on this special Sunday. Um, so today on Pentecost, I want to speak about the fire of God. The title for this message is that as Christians, we're called to be burning hot, not burn out. And so on this Pentecost Sunday, where we also celebrate the Queen's Jubilee, we are celebrating the birth of the church, the day when the promised Holy Spirit came and was poured out on Jews from many nations, and as described, what looked like tongues of fire rested on every single person that was gathered in that room, when God's holy presence came and filled the place, filled each and every person with a love for Jesus, that they were set ablaze for him when an unlikely group of ordinary people were touched in an extraordinary way and fire from that point on spread like wildfire as Jesus' name was proclaimed from that place, north, south, east, and west. And the church grew, and it grew through no particular denomination, program, budget, strategy, but actually through the Spirit's power, through the risen Jesus, God's spirit with his church, and it's still growing over 2,000 years later today. And that same power that we read about on the day of Pentecost in our holy scriptures, that same power 
through Jesus is available to each and every one of us today. So let us pray and then we'll unpack some of what was going on in that time. But we wanna pray, it was one of the oldest prayers that we hear about in the church. Come Holy Spirit. We ask that you would set our hearts on fire with a love for Jesus, that we might be empowered to live and to serve you, that we might be those who are used for your glory, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I don't know what you think of when you perhaps hear this phrase, being on fire for God. If you're here for the first time and this is all quite new to you, you might think, what is she talking about being on fire? And perhaps you've been to many Pentecost services and you've heard of this phrase, being on fire. And you might be excited by that, but also you might be there thinking, to be honest, just sometimes feel a little bit unattainable or just for the spiritual elite, or perhaps you remember a time where you think, actually, yeah, I was really on fire, going for it with God, but actually right now you feel like it's just a little bit of a candle left. It's been a really hard few years for many of us with many different knocks along the way. But a few years ago, um, actually on Pentecost Sunday, I had a slightly dramatic experience with fire. I think the last time I preached, I also shared an experience with fire. I promise I don't have too many. But um, it was Pentecost Sunday, and me and a few friends thought it would be a lovely idea to go. It was a really beautiful day to go and watch a sunrise um, at like a big hill in Oxfordshire somewhere. And we drove out early, got up really early, and drove out, and we decided we'd also cook breakfast. So we took little disposable barbecues and some bacon and some coffee. It was all going really well. We had a lovely time. We watched the sunrise. We cooked breakfast, had a nice time together. The barbecue had been out for quite some time. We poured water on it, and we packed a rubbish bag with all of our rubbish, put it in the bag, and we walked back to where our car was parked, and we were going to go on a little walk and then come back to it. And I had this like split moment where I kind of thought, I saw the rubbish bin, and I thought, oh, I won't leave our rubbish here at this beautiful site. I'm going to put the rubbish bag in the boot of my car. So put it in the boot of my car. We went off for a nice, lovely walk. We come back over the hill to the car park to find my car no longer white, but completely burnt out all over the back of the boot with safety tape wrapped around it. <laughs> I completely froze. I said to my friends, my car. And they were like, what's happened? I said, I put the barbecue in the boot of my car. They're like, what? And it, it had been out and it was cold. But anyway, more of the story, don't leave a barbecue in the boot of your car, but it gets even more weird and bizarre. So I get to the car open the front door and I find this letter from the Thames Valley um, Fire Brigade and it said on it at whatever time we were called to a fire in this remote area and we extinguished a small um, fire in the boot of your car from a, from a barbecue. Please call if you have any questions. I was like, I have so many questions. <laughs> what has happened? They explained that these disposable barbecues are often relight. Anyway, the crazy thing is we go to my boot of my car and unfortunately it was pretty melted and pretty bad and yeah, it had to be no longer use the car. Anyway, that was a sad thing. But um, the crazy thing is I had quite a lot of random stuff in the boot of my car, but I also had a bag of some Bibles. And the bizarre thing is that these Bibles weren't burnt. The Bibles survived the fire. And uh, my friend took a picture of it. It was all a bit too traumatic at the time to look at. But I was recently rethinking about this story and praying for Pentecost. And in one sense, it's just a, a story of don't put barbecue in the boot of your car. Um, but I have been thinking there's something significant, that the word of God is the one thing that will remain the same, and he has spoken and he is continuing to speak today. And his call for us as his people is to be those that are burning hot and not burnt out. 
that the word of God is power and the same God who poured out his spirit all those years ago on the early church is longing to pour out more of himself on us afresh today to give us a fresh encounter of his love. And I read recently a news article in The Guardian that spoke about the welcome to the age of the burnout epidemic. And this isn't just outside the church, this is in the church. People are so burnt out and worn out that I don't know about you, but I know I certainly need more of God every day. And so we want to be burning hot, not burnt out. And Malcolm McDonald, in a book called Set Me on Fire, said this. He said, being on fire it has more than, is more than just a mere short-term special spiritual effort. As I read the Bible, it seems to me that being on fire means being filled, possessed, and saturated with God. It means having a God-filled personality. It's about full surrender and loving devotion. It's about obedience, no matter what it costs. There is something genuinely supernatural being worked out in the ordinary and everyday life. This means that we can still work, rest, play, laugh, and cry, so long as he is Lord and our first love. Being on fire is not about being over-intense or super-spiritual. It's about genuine surrender, rooted in worship and adoration. Being burning hot, not burnt out. So just have three simple points as we look at the story of Pentecost. Firstly, the fire came from heaven. This day of Pentecost, this Jewish festival that was being celebrated, it wasn't an accident that this all happened. This was a sovereign act of God that happened in a particular time and place, and it was the fulfillment of a long-awaited prophecy. We see in the Bible the fire of God was something that was echoed throughout the history of God's people of Israel, that In the Old Testament, we see the Holy Spirit was often poured out on a particular person at a particular moment for a particular purpose. But there was always a growing sense of expectation that one day the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all people. We've heard already some some prophecies from Ezekiel, but other prophets spoke about the Holy Spirit would be poured out. In Joel, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. There'd be no distinction between gender, between race, between class. Prophets from long ago longed for the day of Pentecost the day when God would visit his church and mark his people with fire. And often in the Bible, we read about the way when God met with people, it was as if fire was the only way that could express what was going on, and actually, literally, fire was there in the midst of them. We read about Moses and the burning bush, the burning bush that didn't burn up when God spoke to him and called him to be his deliverer, the person that would bring his people out of slavery. Slavery, Fire is somehow symbolic of God's holy divine nature and power and is a beautiful way of seeing the power of his presence with his people. And so at the beginning of Acts, as the risen Jesus is speaking to the apostles, to those gathered in Jerusalem, this is what he says to them. He says, wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so it was through Jesus, through his life, his death, his resurrection, and ultimately his ascension, that he made a way for the Holy Spirit to be released, to be poured out on all who repent and believe, to be filled with the Spirit that always points us to Jesus. And then he said to them, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in all of Judea and Samaria till the ends of the earth. So on the day of Pentecost, when the fire came from heaven, we see the fulfillment of this promise, a decisive moment in history when ordinary people from every nation were touched with extraordinary power, and they were never the same again. Fire from heaven, that was the birth of the church. 
And what happened then is still happening today. And to be a Christian is to have the Spirit of God living inside of you. Later on, um, as Peter's preaching in the book of Acts, he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So if you're here today, and this is all new to you, there is an opportunity for you to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There's also an invitation for each and every one of us, no matter how long we've known the Lord, to receive more of God, to be filled, and to go on being filled by the Holy Spirit. Which brings me secondly to the Pentecost. It's not only fire from heaven, but it's also fire that is experienced. The day of Pentecost wasn't just sort of a tick box. Yes, that happened in our church history. It was an experience that changed everything. We read in chapter two on the day of Pentecost when they were gathered together, suddenly a sound like the blowing of violent wind filled the whole place where they were gathered. And like wind, we can't literally see the wind, but when wind blows and it moves trees or whatever it moves, we see the impact of it. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit moved and people were impacted by God. And then we go on and we read that all of them and what, that they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire separated and came to rest on each of them. Each of them was marked by this symbolic image of fire. And like I said, fire has been a symbolic image of the presence of God throughout the, the whole of Scripture. And suddenly there was fire resting on each and every person, not just on one person at a particular place, but on all the men, the women, and people from different nations. But the thing is with fire is you can't go near fire and not be warned. There is an experience when you encounter it. And Jesus has opened a way for us to truly know God, to be set free from sin, but to be filled with life, to be filled with peace, to be filled with joy, to be brought into a living and dynamic relationship with God. And so to, be in, to encounter his fiery presence is to have our hearts set ablaze, to be ignited by an encounter with him. And in this room, I'm sure there are so many, as many people as there are in the room, different stories of different ways that we've experienced God. And it really isn't about the actual experience, but it's about the one we experience. But the thing is, when you've been touched by him, you know that you've been touched by him. Um, I was a student here in this city, and it was actually a service that a friend brought me along to when I had no interest in faith for such a long time. It was as I walked into this building that I encountered Jesus for the first time in a way that changed everything, where I knew that I'd come home, that I wanted to put my trust in him, that I received forgiveness and new life with him. But it was actually about a year and a half later when I was um, actually beginning to work for this church as an intern that I had an experience of being, if you like, filled with the Spirit in an even greater way. And I'd been praying for a long time. I didn't honestly really know how much how to explain the Holy Spirit. I didn't know an awful lot of the Bible or, or doctrine or anything like that. I just knew that I was hungry to know more of God. And I remember as it was a day where we were talking about the Holy Spirit a bit like this day, and pretty much as soon as people, the worship began, I knew I was experiencing almost like a heat in my heart. And it was as if I felt the weight of God's presence come over me. It was like I could hardly move. And there was an invitation at the end of the time to come forward for prayer. And so I, I walked forward and someone prayed over me. They didn't know anything about me. And up until that point, I knew I loved Jesus and I wanted to be used by him. But I think I was still carrying around quite a lot of fear and shame of the person I was in Oxford before I'd been a Christian. I kind of felt, who was someone like me to be now serving and working for a church? I just didn't really belong here. And this person prophesied over me, it's time to take off the shame of your reputation and be set free. And in that moment, it was like, I think we described it, it was like electricity filled me and my lips were on fire and my hands were on fire. 
And actually that day was significant, but it wasn't just the experience of those kind of physical things. It was the nearness to God that I felt, the awareness of his holiness, and a renewed sense of boldness and freedom. And that same day, actually, in the afternoon, um, I had some friends that were out on Broad Street. They were out um, doing an outreach. They were worshiping and kind of just hoping for opportunities to talk to people about Jesus. And I would have never done anything like that before. And I found myself just being compelled on that day to go and join them. And I stood with them on Broad Street. And again, that same nearness to God, that sense of heat and electricity almost, I felt there in Broad Street. And I remember as I stood with them, not really knowing what I'm doing, just a friend from uni bumped into me and she was like, Emily, what are you doing? I was like, I'm not really sure. I was like, but I just couldn't help but wanting to tell her a little bit about what God had done in my life recently. And actually, I was able to invite her to Alpha and she came the following week. You see, an encounter with God, yes, there might be physical things that happen, but it's the outworking of it that changes us. And again, like I said, there are so many different stories I'm here. I'm sure we could hear in this room of people and the ways in which they've experienced God. And our faith isn't based on these experiences, but on the power of the one in whom we meet. And feelings definitely aren't everything, but they are something. When you're in a relationship with someone, you want to know that you feel the love for them. And it can look like a dramatic physical experience, or it can just look like a deep sense of peace in times, no matter what is going on. And I think, sadly, so many Christians end up falling sometimes between, if you like, Easter and Pentecost, not fully taking hold of all that God would have us know of who he is, ending up being burnt out, not burning hot, feeling actually more lukewarm than they're as if they're clothed with power from on high. But as the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians, his prayer is that the eyes of our heart may be enlightened in order that we might know the hope to which we've been called and the riches of his glorious inheritance for his holy people. And so the question is, how might we experience more of this fire? How can we know more of this experience of the love of God? Well, the Holy Spirit he loves to be poured out is a gift to us. And much could be said about this. And like I said, often fire is a symbol of God's presence. But it's also, he's a holy God and it's a holy spirit. And often throughout the Bible, we see that fire falls on sacrifice. And I often look and talk to people who are a bit further on in faith than me, older people who have had many years of ups and downs, who have traveled through different things in life. And Honestly, whether or they're known to many people, whether up the front or just kind of doing their daily life, just living quietly for the Lord, there's something I admire in those that still seem to have this like childlike wonder and love for Jesus. They don't seem to have grown cynical or weary. And what I've observed as if you like, I think a key in their life is actually a lifelong pursuit of surrender, of them giving themselves daily over to God of taking time to be in his word, to be in community with fellow believers, to spend time fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. And it's their lives that you see fire has falling on and continue to fall on. Fire falls on sacrifice, as that beautiful hymn says, love so amazing, so divine, demands my life, demands my soul, demands my all. And something so beautiful can happen when we live a life of surrender, drawing from a deeper place of joy and strength found in Jesus. And actually from that place, surrender and walking daily for God and saying yes to him, walking across shaped life actually is a really joyful response because it's in response to the love that he has first shown us. And the second thing about fire, not only falls on 
sacrifice. It's also worth to note that fire destroys impurities. It purifies us. And we can't ask for more of the Holy Spirit, of his holy presence within us, and keep living in sin, keep living in the ways that we used to live. And so if you're hungry for more of God, if you want to be set ablaze with love for him, my encouragement to you is to confess your need for him, confess the areas in which you know are perhaps living a way that you wouldn't want others to know, the places where you think, ah, could he really love these parts? They're the places that he longs for him to pour out his spirit on, to set you free from sin and to bring forgiveness and to bring transformation. Which brings me to my final point on this Pentecost Sunday, that not only did the fire come from heaven, not only was the fire experienced, but the fire then spread. St. Catherine of Siena said this, be who God meant you to be, and you will set the world on fire. When we read in scripture, when the Holy Spirit fell on each of those believers that were gathered in that place together, that when the tongues of fire fell on them, they began each of them to speak, and to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And actually there was unity in the different languages that they were speaking. It's a beautiful picture of ultimately what the church is called to be, gathered around the throne of God in all our diversity, in all of our different languages, but unity as one, praising God. As the tongues of fire fell on them, their tongues were set on fire to speak the wonders of who God is. They then went out and were preaching on the streets. As Jesus promised, you will receive power from on high and you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. It was like they were no longer afraid, hidden away. They were empowered to speak. And it wasn't as if it was then going to be an easy ride for them. We read about a lot of persecution and things that they faced. But in the face of it, there was a boldness and a freedom and authority to speak in the name of Jesus. So we can't pray, come Holy Spirit, if we're not prepared to then go with the Holy Spirit. And they didn't preach their experience, but they preached about who Jesus was. They had a greater authority in belief in the power of Jesus' name to see things happen, to see people healed, to see them set free, to see them delivered. And the gospel truly has been spreading since that day. And we've seen throughout history, even in the darkest times of the church, that God's spirit is still at work. And actually, often in times of revival, they're marked by greater outpourings of the Holy Spirit. And even today around the world, where it's most difficult for people to be Christians, where they truly can't meet in times like this, where we have the freedom to gather, where we see God moving in powerful ways like China and Iran. I think perhaps often in the West, where we can be so reliant and comfortable on our own resources, we can grieve the Spirit. But today, we are seeing God's spirit at work among us. And there's stories each week of people encountering God in this place. But there are still so many in this city and across this nation who have never heard the good news of who Jesus is. Even at Alpha, this past Tuesday, I had some, or two weeks ago, someone in my group, an Oxford student, we were talking about why did Jesus die? And he genuinely never heard about the message of the cross, an Oxford student. It was genuinely good news to him. It was new information. And there are people in our city from all different walks of life, broken families, people in loneliness, people in addiction, people who have never known the love that Jesus came for them to, to experience and to have for all of eternity. There are nations that come from all over the world that gather in this city that will never get an opportunity necessarily to hear about who Jesus is, but we have this amazing opportunity as they come to this place to speak of Jesus. And no one is disqualified, whether you've known God for two weeks or 20 years, that God is real and he longs to use you, to empower you. 
for you to be his witness, for you to be set ablaze with his love, wherever you're placed. A few weeks ago at student night, it was amazing, we had a few students who had just been out actually witnessing on Cowley Road. They'd just asked God for an opportunity and they felt stirred to start to speak to people as they were queuing for a gig. And they just found opportunities to speak about the love of God with people. And they just found these open opportunities. It wasn't like they were forcing themselves into conversations. People just genuinely wanted to listen. And then two weeks, and another week ago at student night, as we were just worshipping, stuff happens as we worship. Someone prayed for another student's knees who had been um, like struggling with knee pain for quite some time. He hadn't been able to play sport. They prayed, and his knees were completely healed. God is still at work today, moving amongst us. But it's not just on the streets or amongst students. It's in the marketplace, in schools, in hospitals, in our families. Men and women, we need to be burning up with the love of God, not burn out. The world needs Christians who have this power, who have the power of God setting us apart for him. Whether he leads us to the person across the room or to Japan, wherever it is, his fire longs to burn in us and to send us out. I loved seeing, I don't know if you saw some of the beacons that were lit up across the nation where I was actually at the, in the Lake District. It was amazing. They were kind of all on the different hilltops. And it was almost like a prophetic image of what it is the Lord wants us as the church to be, beacons of light shining for him wherever we're placed. So if the band would like to come up, we're going to draw to a close in a moment and have more time to, for ministry. But my question to end is, do you want that fire? Do you want to be burning hot, not burn out? Our power will always run out in our own strength. Trying to be a Christian in our own strength is really hard. But Jesus has promised power from on high. That is his invitation to each and every one of us, that we might be clothed with power from on high. We might be the people that he's called us to be, to make a difference for him wherever he has placed us. Amen.